So we're going to start this morning by uh, looking at a man who lived, well, he, he, lived a, a, uh, he lived a life that in some ways he said he was satisfied. Ultimately, he gets to the end of his life and says that I've done a whole lot of things, but the one thing that I do is that life is really about knowing God. And so in, in Songs of Solomon, Song of Solomon, we're going to start there today. Song of Solomon, uh, chapter 2, verse 15. Um, champions, let's read that together. Let's read it like we know it is the word of his power. Let's read it together. Now, catch us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. And so what uh, that is referring to is that foxes that are looking for food, and they would go into the vineyard and they would eat the grapes and so they would eat the grapes and they would damage the crops. They were looking for food. They'd go into the vineyard. They'd eat the grapes. And by eating the grapes or eating the fruit, they damaged the crops. But the little foxes were too small to get up to the, to the grapes. And so what the little foxes would do would be they would eat the vine. And so by eating the vine, you destroy the vineyard. You destroy uh, the ability and the capacity for that vine to produce. And so he says that it is the little foxes that spoil the vine because the vines have tender grapes, but, but, but as they eat the grapes, you know, more grapes could grow, but if you damage the vine, if you damage the roots, then it will not produce fruit. Mm. And so he tells us this. And so we've got to look here in our own lives that there are things that we think are small, are insignificant in our lives, but those things have a big impact in our lives. You may look at them and don't think that that really matters that much, but they have a really big impact. And so as we look this morning at the purpose of food, what we're going to look at is we're going to look at the things that are going to, uh, I believe will challenge our thoughts as it relates to food and why we eat what we eat, why we eat what we eat. Uh, the Bible describes that there are two basic types of meals that we see. One of the types of meals that we see in the Bible, uh, particularly in the New Testament, is, 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 is the meal of feast or a, a feast. So that was one type of meal. It was called a feast. And we don't have much details on these feasts, but we can see uh, as an example of a meal looking at the story of the prodigal son. Because in Luke 15, verse 23, come on, champions, would you read that with me like you know it is the word of his power? Let's read it together now. And kill the calf. Stop right there. See, this is what's happening, that his son has gone away. And as his son went away, his son returned. Daddy was so happy. And daddy was happy, and he ran out to begin to meet the son. And as he ran out and met his son, he was so happy. You know what it tells us? That doesn't matter what kind of life you've lived. When you begin to make a decision and start turning toward God, God starts running toward you. And so it says here, he says that, and so when he saw his son, he was so excited. He says, let's have a feast. And what was that feast like? Let's start at the top and let's read it again now. And kill the calf. We have been, hmm, we must celebrate with a, we must what? We must what? He says, we've got to celebrate. And the way we're going to celebrate is we're going to celebrate with a feast. Now, it's interesting here because I want you to kind of see this, that notice this, that a feast was not an ordinary meal. 
It was not something that they ate every day. It was something that they ate, they ate occasionally, and it was due to a celebration, something that was special. And so he says, kill the fatted calf, and, you know, we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate with a feast. And so what I call these is that uh, I call these vacation meals or holiday meals. It's like when you just say, oh, my goodness, I'm going to eat today. Uh, I'm going to eat on my vacation. I'm going to celebrate. And, and so it comes with celebrations. Uh, and so let me just kind of help you uh, put this into uh, some kind of uh, relative uh, reasoning. We can look at uh, these types of feasts or meals very much like we would see, let's say, the 4th of July. We know the 4th of July, oh, somebody's going to grill. And, uh, and, and there's going to be some, some good stuff on the grill. Even vegetarians grill on, 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 on 4th of July. I mean, they put that meat on, I mean, that, that, uh, those fruit or vegetables on, the vegetables on the grill. And they're they like, ooh, I'm grilling today. But those, most of us, we put those ribs on the, field, on the grill, oh, glory to God. <laughs> Sausages. And, and, and so uh, it's more like the 4th of July. Or, or how about Christmas meals? Christmas meals are good, too. Uh, Christmas meals are, are, are wonderful. And I, you know what I love about Christmas meals is that typically in Christmas meals and the Christmas feasts, Typically, you may stop by honey-baked ham, but you know what? You may have ham and that meal, but you know what happens later that day. Ham sandwiches. <laughs> what happens the next day for breakfast? Eggs and ham. And so we really do it right. But let me ask you to consider also another meal that we know we celebrate, and that's Thanksgiving. And this is like, I want you to look at the feast, these celebratory meals. They were very much like our 4th of July, our Christmas, or our Thanksgiving. And you can see there's a little bit of everything on the table at Thanksgiving. And, and you don't stop. I love Thanksgiving, too, because you know what happens is that on Thanksgiving, you cut the turkey, but you don't eat it all. So later on that evening, you have what? Turkey sandwich. And then you, you get a little creative, and two days later, you have turkey salad. Uh, look, the only thing you're going to throw away is the bone. And with the ham, you don't throw away the bone. You put it in the freezer until you cook some greens. Yeah, come on now. And, and you don't need ham hock and you don't need turkey leg. You got a ham bone. That's good stuff. Somebody just got a recipe today. So, so notice that. Now, so you may eat the feast, but you don't stop right there. Why? What happens? Because you got to go to dessert. And what is Thanksgiving without old sweet potato pie? That's my, that's my favorite there, sweet potato pie. We got some people that can cook some good sweet potato pies. Gwen's favorite is po po pecan, pecan pie. She loves pecan pie. And then both of us love pound cake. So how can you do Thanksgiving without a little sweet potato pie? Some people say pumpkin pie, sweet potato pie. Pecan pie. And pound cake. And what do you get up that next day? Not, not, not only do you have a little, little uh, ham, and, ham and eggs, but you, did, you can also have a precursor to that. Coffee and pound cake. 
That's a celebration meal, right? That's a vacation meal. It's a holiday meal. It's not what you eat every day. Let's make sure we get that. These are called feasts in the Bible, and we can relate it to our Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Fourth of July. It is not a meal that you eat when? Every day. Every day. The, uh, the other type of meal that is recorded in the Bible is an ordinary meal, the meals that we would typically eat, uh, and we eat those meals for necessary nutrients. And these are the meals that we would eat each day throughout the day. And uh, Jesus was speaking to his disciples, and it was in Matthew chapter 15, and Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and as he's speaking to his disciples, he gives us a little insight on the, the purpose of food. Champions, let's read that together now. But Jesus wasn't finished with them. He called his disciples and he said that for these people, I heard for these people, excuse me, let's keep reading. For three days now, they've been with me and now they have nothing to eat. I can't send them away without a meal. They probably collapse. So notice this. He did not say that they have not eaten for three days. But what he did say is that they've been with me for three days and now they have nothing to eat. And he's saying that if I send them away without getting something, a meal, they'll collapse on the road. So what do we see here? What's the purpose of food? What's the purpose of food? Food is to provide energy to your body so that your organs can function at its best level. That's the purpose of food. Food for health. Food mm, that we eat is supposed to provide us energy for our bodies. Food that we eat is so that our organs can function at the highest level, the best level. And you know the spiritual definition of what that means is called regeneration. It means to be regened. But when we do not eat right, what we go through is a process of degeneration, where the cells that die off, they're replaced with inferior cells, which then now causes our body to deteriorate. Uh, so, so, so when we recognize, and we recognize then that God is saying that the food that you eat is to provide energy for your bodies. And, and we can see that so, you can, so your organs can function well. But you know what happens? You start looking good, too. You really do start looking good. And I'll give you a perfect example. You remember in the Bible, the Bible tells us in the book of Daniel that Daniel began to have a plant-based uh, meal. And uh, he, as he ate, the Bible says that he was ten, everybody else was drinking wine. They were, um, they were just partying. They were had the best of the meats. They were eating good. And um, so the Bible says, do not be drunk with wine. Because when self-discipline, the Bible tells us, and when you are, when you do not have control over your own discipline, then you do things that are led by our adversary. And so, uh, uh, so, 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 but notice this, that the, that the people, the king's men, as he was training them, they were eating all the delicacies of the king. But Daniel and his boys, 
they says, let us have this meal. And then 10 days later, was it 10 days? 10 days later or days later, they were found better, better, standing out, looking good, looking young than all the rest. And what happened? They began to change their diet. So, so we can see then that we have been conditioned to eat a, a, a bad way. If you had a child and you gave your child, whatever, a, a friend, and, and their child loves vegetables, loves broccoli, I mean, loves that. And I go, my goodness, that's a really interesting kid. And he says, oh, yeah, that's what we gave, gave, gave him when he uh, was little and could eat something. We just let him suck on it. And that's what he became accustomed to liking. Uh, the Bible tells us then that, uh, that food is to provide energy for our body so that our organs can function at its best level. And so your strength, that's a strength of us. That's what food should be. But how many of you know that the strength that you have can also be your weakness? And let me just kind of talk about that a little bit because it's so important. We are influenced in ways that we don't recognize that we're influenced. The Bible calls that the, the enemy's devices. And it says that we're not ignorant of the enemy's devices. The Bible calls that he deceives. And when someone is deceived, they don't know they're deceived. They actually think, oh boy, what a revelation it is. When someone's deceived and they think something about themselves, they don't even know when, they don't know when they are deceived. And so let me just kind of give you a word, capitalism. Capitalism is a word. And it's made America one of the greatest countries in the world. And so what happens is that as owners of business, what they do is that they uh, they want to make profit and on their products. But although capitalism has made uh, um, America uh, the greatest country in the world, it's also made us the unhealthiest country in the world, one of the unhealthiest country in the, in the major, uh, among the major company, uh, countries. Um, and, and what we look at here is that uh, there are people that have uh, businesses that have capitalism without responsibility. And so the objective is to make a profit, and because we live in a fast-paced environment, we want everything to happen quickly. And so one of the reasons why we eat so much fast foods is because fast foods are quicker, they're more accessible, and there's more marketing around them. They're quicker, they're more accessible. You can go down the street, you'll see some fast food place, and then you've got more marketing around them. We are so influenced by marketing that we don't know it. There's a word called cognitive dissonance. And it, and it means that you can go into a grocery store and they could play music that will cause you to start shopping. Have you noticed that before Thanksgiving ever comes around, you walk in the store, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. It's like, why are they playing Christmas music like in September? And it starts conditioning you. And so people start, like, they can't wait until the day after Thursday, after Thanksgiving. And then they're going out in the stores and they're running their movies and things and they're like, ooh, I got to get that big sale. Me, I'm like, I'm going to stay home and I'm going to push that button and then Amazon's going to have it here today. <laughs> These fast foods are so accessible, they're so easy, but I want to give you some, some eating facts. Do you know what 25% of Americans eat fast food daily? Not skip a day, but daily. So if you say one, two, three, fast food, no, not you don't eat fast food. <laughs> You see, one, two, three, fast food. So 25% eat fast food daily. Check this out. 20% of meals are eaten in the car. But then look at this. Look at this. 10 billion donuts eaten each year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
how many are you contributing to? And so this, the, the, I think the tragedy is, is even greater is because what we recognize is that fast food is cheap, it really tastes good, and it's convenient. And they know how to make it taste good. How many of you know you put butter on anything, it's good? <laughs> I love it. So, 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 so fast foods are, are cheap, <laughs> they taste good, and they're, they're, they're convenient. Uh, but let me just kind of share just a couple of things about you. Typically, it's a recommendation that we have 2,000 daily um, calories, uh, calories per day. And so, um, so what we do is we try to measure that. And in fast food, there are fast food places that make you think that they are restaurants, but they're really fast food places. And so, um, and one, you know, one of the things we love is we love Chick-fil-A. We love Chick-fil-A because, oh, it's more healthier. And so I'm going to go to Chick-fil-A. But notice this, if you get a Chick-fil-A meal, the sandwich is, is 460 calories. Some say it's 440. But look at the french fries or the wa a wafer, waffle fries. Somebody says, so good, that's 500 <laughs> calories right there. And then their large drink is 250. Do you know how much that is? That's 1,150 calories in one meal. And... Um, and it's almost 55% of your total calorie intake for that day. Well, let's go to another, another place here. Um, how about McDonald's? And you know, we know that we, our kids love McDonald's. We may not love McDonald's, but our kids love McDonald's. And um, McDonald's, a Big Mac, a large fry, and a large soda is 1,383 calories, or 70% of your daily intake of calories. And so when we begin to look at that, we can see how easy it is to overeat. But more importantly, the food that we're eating is not energy for our bodies. Because the greatest challenge here is that it has processed food. It has high-end carbohydrates and saturated fats. And, you know, um, there was a time when I would go, because I mean, we know they're cheap. I would go and I'd go, Gwen, I need to go to Burger King and get a two for six. And what that is, you can get a waffle and a chicken sandwich, a Whopper, rather, and a chicken sandwich. You can get two Whoppers. And you know what? Hey, that's a good, cheap dinner. And then I drink water. Let me have some water with that. <laughs> so I get away with $6.60, and that's a full meal. Pretty cool. Well, in breakfast now, they have a two for four. And so you can either get a, see, how do I know all this? I was researching for this message today. <laughs> and so I had to test it out to make sure that I could was sharing with you factually not just theoretically but, but, but what we recognize then is that uh, uh, the worst thing is not only these calories but they are really bad for our internal uh, bodies and so businesses don't throw away anything and so what they do is they take what's left over and they make sausages out of them and so what we recognize is, is, you know, I was just thinking about that as, we, as, we, as, we, as I said that. And you know what, they, what sausages are? It, it, and I could see it really boudin. I'm not a big boudin eater, but I know some people that love boudin. And, but, 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 but that's rice and sausage or um, rice and you can have turkey boudin. But it's stuffed into a, a casing, but it's an intestinal casing. So we eat boudin, we're kinda, we, we cook it, and then it, when we slice it, it breaks the casing, but you're eating the intestinal casing. And you think about that and how your body, I saw a, I saw a hamburger 
uh, a picture of a hamburger that had been saved for 20 years. And it, 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 you couldn't tell that it was that old. So, so we began to see this and we began to recognize some of the things that we put in our body. If that's the case, I remember when we were growing up, we used to get, our meat was tough and we used to put, what we used to put, uh, tenderizer on it. And if it tenderizes that meat, what is it doing to the inside of your stomach? So we began to see, uh, and the Bible says my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. We began to learn things. And, and the Bible tells us, well, my daddy used to say that the more you learn, the, the better you do. So we, we see these things and we recognize them. And so one of the challenges is that we've got to overcome the very thing that is the greatest desire of ours. In Ecclesiastes, Solomon says it like this. He says, do not be overly wicked, nor be foolish. Why should you die before your time? And so the Bible tells us that there are some people that do die before their destined time. And so the Bible said, tells us, it says, don't be foolish. It said, why should you die before your time? As we look at this and we begin to recognize uh, some of the things that uh, God has uh, laid out for us, that the Bible uh, tells us that we can have celebrations and feasts and holiday meals and vacation meals, but that's not our everyday ordinary meal, that our meals should be designed to be energy to our bodies so that our organs can function at the highest level, at the best level. There's a verse that God gives us that tells us that what he desires for our lives. And God says these words in uh, Psalm 91, 16. He says, with long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. But the important thing about it is that he says that with long life, I will satisfy you. And so he's giving us what his desire is for our lives. And he promises that we will live a full life. And, 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 and the way we do that is we hear what he's saying, we do what he's saying, and we literally overcome the things that we may desire in our natural bodies so that our bodies can be offered up as a witness, testimony, and a sacrifice to him. Let me give you one other scripture here in 3 John 2. This is what uh, the writer says. He says, dear friend, I pray that you enjoy good health and that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting well. Notice this, what God wants. God wants us to be healed in our bodies, but he also wants our soul, our emotions, our thoughts, our will to be well. So what God is speaking, he's speaking that he wants our physical body, but our emotional, our thoughts, our mind, how we think. Because how you think can also affect your overall health. He says, I wish above all things that you be in good health and that you prosper. Things go well with you, even as your mind, as your emotions, and your will is going well. And so as we see that, then we recognize what God's desire is for us. But he also desires that we work with him. We partner with him. Because the Bible tells us when we do not, then it is tempting God. Mm. And it was one of those temptations. We're saying, God, bless something that I'm doing that's not consistent with what you've instructed me to do. And God blesses his word. So we recognize that then, and that as we see in our own natural bodies what God desires for us, he says, beloved, I wish above all things that you might prosper, be in good health, even as your soul prospers. That he gave us a demonstration of that value and that love years ago. And he did that by coming and dying on the cross. And as we recognize what he has done for us, then let this begin to be the beginning of our journey as we take this journey throughout the year in our health initiative where we recognize that God wants us to be healthier in our bodies 
healthy in our emotions, healthy in our thoughts, and even in the wheel that we have, he wants it to be consistent with his. So Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5, this is the last scripture that I'm going to give you today. Isaiah tells us that there are meals that can heal us, and as we have seen, that there are meals that can kill us. But Isaiah prophesies about a meal that can heal us. And champions, let's read this together now. But he was wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we 